Welcome to the Leadership Exposé podcast. This podcast is for purpose-driven leaders at diverse levels and organizations around the world who are seeking to scale and transform their leadership to level up their business and to create an impact in the lives of people all around them. Business and boardroom topics, trends, innovation, transformation, and the intersection with leadership is the focus. We enable success. I'm your host, Stephen Paul. In this episode, I'm delighted to have Maria Scarangella, president of Scarangella Consulting LLC, an executive coaching, leadership development, and HR service consulting firm. She has previously held executive roles in the areas of enterprise talent and learning, and has managed large sales, service, HR, and operations units, amongst other areas. We will learn about how Maria brings leadership development, emotional agility, and talent investments to life, amongst other areas. Welcome, Maria. How are you doing? I'm good. Thank you so much for having me today. Wonderful. Maria, it's a wonderful Tuesday here in London. Uh, What about you? Where are you located? I'm located in Tucson, Arizona. Um, Have spent a lot of time in different places, lived in New York and San Diego, moved to Tucson, moved to D.C., and now back in Tucson, enjoying this beautiful weather. Let's explore that a little bit more. Tell us a little bit more about your personal and uh, professional journey and all these different cities that you've been living in and uh, and how you've navigated through your professional journey as well. So I have a pretty unique background. Um, recently, I've been called a unicorn um, because I worked for Geico for 37 years and people don't stay that long. Um I've had a variety of roles and and I was involved in many startups within the company. And it was pretty exciting to be part of startup projects while having the safety and security of of a big company. Um, But then, you know, I'd always thought about going out on my own and this summer I I took the big leap. So I'll tell you a little bit about my story. Yeah, congratulations. Um, that's that's a huge, uh, first of all, that's a huge, uh, huge milestone to have actually made that decision. But keen to hear more about uh, more about that journey. So go, go on. Thank you. Um, so uh, when I was a senior in college, I applied to Geico um, and it was right after Hurricane Gloria. And I was told if I could come in the next day, I could have the job. Um, and hurricanes have always had an impact on my career. My heart goes out to all those people in Florida that are suffering and rebuilding. And, you know, I, I wish them well. Um, so I graduated college and then became a recruiter and then a benefits specialist and, and an HR business partner in our New York office, which handled um, about 10 states in the area. And I thought I was on the fast track. I had gotten my MBA. My goal was to be the HR director. And our RVP said to me, I have some advice for you. If you really want to guide and advise the business, you need to know the business. Um, I had just had my first daughter and um, was promoted to the homeowner sales and service manager, completely out of my comfort zone. Um, which taught me a lesson of get comfortable being uncomfortable and try new things. Um, So then Hurricane Andrew hit Florida 
and Geico changed his strategy about writing homeowners policies and the um, executive vice president who later became our CEO for 25 years said to me, I, I need you to um, non-renew all these customers and move them to the new product, but I'm gonna give you a challenge. I don't want you to lose one customer or one associate in the process. So here I am, you know, in my late 20s, trying to figure out how to navigate this big change. And it was the first opportunity that I had to really put theory into practice mm -hmm. and learn how to apply all the, the things I learned in school to this environment with real people. And the thing that, that came crystal clear to me was communication was critical. And even if I couldn't, I didn't have the answers, I had to give people the opportunity to have the discussion and make them part of the change. And that really became a tenant of my management style um, as I moved on. So then I had my second daughter. Um, I was uh, moved over to the auto side of the business. And then I was asked to move to San Diego as the HR director. Um, we were opening a new regional office and growing, and this was in 1999 when the Gecko was born, and people probably know of the Gecko. Mm -hmm. um, and that was a great job. And then I was asked to move back to um, operations, and I, I managed the service unit for 10 states, and then we were continuing to grow, and, and I became the sales director. Um, for the 10 Western states. And that was a job that I loved. And we, we could talk a little bit more about that. Um, but we became number one in the company as a unit. And then I was asked to move to Tucson um, because we were moving ten, uh, seven of those 10 states over to Tucson to handle the growth. Mm -hmm. And in that job, I was the um, assistant vice president leading operations. And um, it was a lot of responsibility. I was responsible for 1.5 million customers, $2.5 billion in written premium and 400,000 in sales. Um, but the most important thing about that role was building the team again. And, and everything that I did always came back to building a strong team. So in uh, 2018, I was asked by our CEO to move to DC and run our talent and learning operations for the whole enterprise, which was pretty exciting. And I think that the difference for me was um, I was able to solve the real business problems because I had walked in the shoes of the leaders that I was supporting. And I had this great opportunity to recreate all of the talent functions, knowing what the struggles and the pressures were and the pain points from the leadership. Mm -hmm. um, I also had a really unique perspective because I said, I don't want to go in as this fluffy leader. I had managed a PL. Mm -hmm. So I started with, with what I called HR economics and build out the financial costs of all the decisions that we were making and all the work that we were doing. So we had a really good foundation. So we calculated the cost of an application, the cost of hire, the cost of turnover, 
the cost of training, and set our goal to deliver 10x value for each of our projects. And, and we were able to do that. And then we took the savings that we delivered and invested those in future projects. Amazing. And were you doing that um, internally within HR or were you doing that for the business areas as well or both? Um, it was it was a team that was separated from HR. So the way that we were organized is we had our we had a wonderful HR vice president mm -hmm. who handled all of the HR functions, compliance, benefits, payroll um, and we were a separate unit that was responsible for talent acquisition, onboarding, um, enterprise learning, and we worked very closely with the business. Mm -hmm. All of the work that we did served all, all of our, our staff throughout the country, and it was uh, yeah. less focused on HR. It was just about how HR could help facilitate um, the needs of the, the business and operations. Yeah. So Maria, you've, you know, you, as you were describing, you know, your journey where you, you know, you mentioned about building teams and working as a, you know, business partner, strategic business partner, but also looking at the economics as well. What would you say your, your biggest highlight was, you know, in, 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 in all these different roles that you, you had? Wow. Um, there's there's two really exciting times that I look back on. Um, the first is when um, we, as the the sales team in San Diego, went from worst in the company to first. And <laughs> um, you know, I always like a good challenge. And my boss at the time said. Um, you know, how are you going to take that? You're, you're taking over this team that's ranked worst. What's, mm -hmm. what, what are you going to do? And I said, we're going to become first. Mm -hmm. And once I said it out loud, we put all the pieces in place to deliver that. Um, we had a strong leadership team, mm -hmm. um, but we needed to be united and we needed to be clear. So we spent a lot of time getting clear on what our goal was. Mm -hmm. Um, building that infrastructure, we got really excited about coaching and celebrating the wins. And, and we built an amazing culture that was set on high expectations and um, support mm -hmm. and really challenging people to be the best version of themselves. So you don't have to do it like I am, or you don't have to do it like the person next to you. Bring your unique skills but you need to bring your best. Um, and that was a that was a really exciting time. And, you know, I knew that that team wasn't going to stay together forever because when you have talented people that are excelling, they get promoted and move to other areas. Um, but we did so well that Warren Buffett came and served us dilly bars. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. So that was pretty exciting. Yeah. Um, I would say the second most impactful part of my career was when I took over um, the enterprise talent and learning. And um, I had met with the team and 
I inherited a team that was from different areas and, and we, we had pulled people from different parts of the company to try and unify and get one strategic group together. So we had pulled in the people that were responsible for recruiting and the um, advertising and we pulled in the selection people and the training people. And I said to the team, you know, if you had no restrictions, what would you do? Mm. And it was really amazing to hear their creativity mm. and their, um, they, they were so insightful. And I just thought, wow, we just have to take the handcuffs off and get out of their way and provide the right environment for them to do their best. Yeah. And yeah. we really transformed the way that we hired, selected people and trained people. And um, I had a, a great person on my staff who had the idea. She said, we're going to flip the classroom and it's going to be leader driven and it's going to be aligned with the fun environment that we have in our commercials. And let's make learning insurance fun. So we implemented AI speech coaches and avatars and and really just change the whole um, experience for people. And we did it at a lower cost and we got better results and decreased the turnover. So that was a, that was a pretty exciting accomplishment. Yeah. You know, it's uh, it's such a, such an important aspect when we, when we bring talent and people into the whole mix of um you know, them providing their views as well. And like, I had my own learning experience when when I realized that uh, it doesn't all have to come from a leader. They are, they, the people will surprise you with their, with their views and with their insights and with their creativity if you actually just involve them. And if you actually include them and ask them and um you know it also builds that sense of trust and ownership as well and mm -hmm. that excitement so i can completely relate to uh you know that particular highlight uh so well 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 done you on that one maria so i'm curious you. um your your areas of focus now and you've had a major milestone in the summer where you've actually moved on to start your own business and um, considering all the great things that you've accomplished at Geico and the different roles, the inward, outward, working with different leaders and so forth, where, where is your area of focus uh, these days? So I would say there's, there's really three main areas of focus. Um, the first is I really think that HR professionals can be more effective in showing their value and the impact to the organization and can be more strategic partners if they learn to speak the language of the business. Mm -hmm. So I, I call it HR economics mm -hmm. and understanding all the costs and then all the value that you bring. And if you think about, you know, every job that we have is, it involves a person and an impact on the organization. And if you can calculate the value that developing them and the gaps in performance and the cost of turnover, it's a very compelling story. And I think training the HR leaders to have those discussions 
makes them more of a strategic partner. So that's one of the areas that I'm focused on. Um, another area really is focused on leadership development and executive coaching and helping people understand that they need to be focused on the long-term vision and the impact that they can have. And, you know, it's it, we're in such challenging times. Um, it's very easy to get caught up in the activities of each day, but you have to be able to prioritize so that you're, you're moving forward and really know where you're going. Um, and time is, is so precious. Um, there's so many struggles and so much polarization and who's in and who's out. And I think leaders really need to create that inclusive environment so that everybody can bring their best to work. Um, that's one of the most disappointing things for me is when, you know, there's so much talent and value in each individual. Mm -hmm. And as leaders, our job is to bring that out in them. Mm -hmm. And when you see the polarization and you see people shut down and the, the impression of quiet quitting is that employees don't wanna work so hard. I have a very different impression. I think it's about the environment that you create for people to feel wanted, involved and valued. And if you do that, you're gonna eliminate the quiet quitting. And you know, as a leader, it's a, it's a reflection on you. What, what's the message you are giving to your people about how important they are? And if they are feeling disengaged, it's your job to change that environment. Um, so part of my, you know, my work is really to help people understand their values mm -hmm. and understand that everything that they do is a choice and those choices have consequences. So I always, the way that I, I worked through this and this challenge and, you know, no one's ever perfect and it's never going to be perfect. And I think sometimes the chasing perfection can be a big disaster, mm -hmm. but you know, I need to be able to make choices that align with my values. Mm -hmm. I need to be able to put my head on my pillow at night and know that I did my best, whether it was right or wrong, I made the best decision I could at the time and really creating a framework for decision-making. So how does this choice align with my values? How does it impact the people in my care, either in my family or the people that are, you know, my responsibility, either as employees or clients or people that I come in contact with? I, I need to think of all of them in my care. Mm. Um, and then what's making my decision? Is it me or the pressure that I'm feeling from others or the environment? And then how does this move me towards my future self and accept that it can't always be a win-win. You always try for a win-win, but that you'll do your best. It may not always be possible. And when that happens, there may be some disappointment. So feel that disappointment, accept the feeling, know that you made your best decision with the available information. And sometimes you have to go with your heart mm -hmm. and be able to, you know, lick your wounds and, and get up the next day and, and move forward because it is about moving forward and, and it's not perfection. It'll never be perfection. Yeah. 
So Maria, do you, you know, with those three things that you just described, do you feel that those are the, the, the you know, the types of conversations that companies should be having or inserting into their, you know, leadership, um, leadership teams, you know, executive committees or board level types of uh, conversations? Is, is that, is that, is that how you envision some of the companies embracing some of those topics into yeah, I really do. And, you know, I think in some of my consulting work, when we're having the leadership development workshops, we've talked a lot about emotional agility. Mm. And we've talked a lot about helping people prioritize and set up the right framework so they can be successful. Because, yeah. you know, leadership is about delivering results for your organization. You know, we're, we are, there is, there is an, an overall operational um, expectation. And the reason that you're getting paid is to deliver results. Yeah. But the yeah. way that you do that is so critical. So you can have an environment of high expectations and really high execution and accountability mm -hmm. with it being an environment of belonging, an environment where people feel valued. And honestly, I've always gotten better results for the company when I've created those environments. So helping leaders create that infrastructure and the framework so that they can have repeatable success um, and build on that really is, I think it's, it's an important conversation for every company. And it's part of my coaching practice and it's part of my um, leadership development. Yeah, wonderful. So tell us a little bit more about your views on experiences or what you're seeing as a challenge in the business world, you know, as a result of, um, you know, the pandemic, which seems to carry on in peaks mm. and troughs. And then obviously we've got our economic situation at the moment. So from a business perspective, from a people perspective from a talent perspective from leadership perspective what what kind of experience or challenge are you seeing businesses facing i think we're heading into a new phase and um i've been talking about it as this next phase is the great realignment mm -hmm. and if you think about the the you know uh cycle that we've gone through with COVID. First, we had this um, really business shutdown, and there were a lot of people that were laid off. And then there was this rapid resurgence and multiple jobs for people, for each person, and, you know, trying to fill those roles and companies unable to fill them. And that was compounded by the great resignation when people really thought, okay, so I need to create the most important things in my life and really reevaluate what do I want from a career and what do I believe is important for my success. Mm -hmm. And now we're getting to the point where this, the economic pressures are, you know, resulting in layoffs and are resulting in um, economic struggles. And the, the term quiet quitting um, has become more prominent because people are focused on productivity. And um, I think in the great realignment that people can get ahead 
ahead and be better prepared for the next phase if they really focus on creating a, an environment of success for their people and being proactive now, they'll be ahead of their competition. You can find ways to create a more productive environment, which will reduce expenses for the business and increase productivity mm. by really believing that people want to succeed, that mm. they want to be valued and they wanna make contributions to something that's bigger than themselves. And leaders have to facilitate that. And I think people are looking for hope. Like, where is where is the silver lining in, in all of this negativity that we've had for the last few years? And if you can provide hope and inspire people to work together and show them the impact they're going to make, yeah. you will yeah. get business results that are 10 times greater than what they are today without that environment. Yeah. So Maria, you know you're you're a successful leader. You've 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 had, uh, you know, as as you're describing different roles, a uh, uh, you know a lot of contribution from a leadership perspective, executive level uh, type of success as well. What's what are your highlights of you know your secret formula to your success? Is there anything other than the things that you've mentioned that you want to highlight here? Um, I think there's a couple of things that helped me a great deal. I mean, first of all, I have an amazing husband who is extremely supportive. Um, we've been married for almost 35 years. Um, and without his support and his flexibility with moving many times over, you know, the course of our lifetime, um, that was that created a lot of challenges. Um, I also have three amazing daughters. Uh, two are, are have already graduated college and, and in their careers. And my youngest is now a senior in college. And um, we committed to them that we would pay for their educations. And um, with only one more college payment left, I said, okay, now it's time to, to jump into this. Um, but I think that the real the real secret to my success has been really thinking about how do I make the most of the situation that I'm in? Uh, and, you know, there's opportunities in, in everything that you do. And if you look at it as, you know, what's, what's the job I'm being paid to do? What are the results that I need to deliver for the organization? Uh, and then how do I best do that while creating the, an environment where people can feel valued and successful and not, not trying to have all the answers. Mm -hmm. I'm never going to have all the answers and our, our collective thought process will give us so much more. Mm -hmm. So relying on the people around you and, um, you know, really trying to be a role model. So yeah. when we moved to Tucson, we had a choice between my career and my husband's and we talked a lot about it. And he said, you know, we have three daughters. If you can show them your success, that'll have a lasting impact. Yeah. And I've tried to do that at work as well. Think about, you know, at being a role model as a, a woman executive and a working mother. How can I help other women emulate that, that success? And what can I teach them? Because I've, I've learned a lot of lessons the hard way, you know, yeah. 
the <laughs> you there's a lot of scars that come along the way yeah. and if i can help someone from making some of the mistakes that i made mm-hmm. by teaching them what i've learned um that's really rewarding to me yeah amazing and um you know what what does a day in the life of maria look like these days <laughs> well these days um I have more control over my schedule. Uh, I start out every morning, early morning with Pilates. Um, and then my husband and I take a, a four mile walk, four or five miles around our beautiful um, environment, Tucson. Mm-hmm. And then um, it's meeting with clients, it's developing content, it's um, spending time coaching um, I have a coaching practice and um, working with local businesses to try and give them perspective um, on how I can help them be successful. Um, I'm working with the state chapter of Shuram. Mm-hmm. Um, and I really, you know, I'm at the point in my life where if you think about Maslow's hierarchy of needs, I, I'm at the self-actualization yeah. and I really want to give back. I want to be able to um, share what I've learned so I can help others. Mm. Wonderful. Maria, we're coming to a close uh, very shortly. Are there any closing messages or uh, a challenge or, well, key messages that you want to share with uh, with other business leaders or, or people, families, um, anyone in your ecosystem? Um, so I would say I've managed through some many business cycles, um, over the last 38 years and, um, managed through times of rapid growth, managed through business down downturns. Um, and the good times don't last forever and neither do the bad times. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it's about controlling what you can control and preparing yourself for the the future and really seeking out the advice of others. You can't go at it alone. Mm. And there's there's really no reason to. And it's it's so much more fun when you do it with other people. Um, so coaching is important and friendship is is important. And try things. If you're learning and growing you will be better off so don't don't be afraid to try things um it's never going to be perfect there's going to be some mistakes i learned more from my mistakes than i did from the things that went well Mm -hmm. because they're more impactful um so you're going to work you know you're going to spend a lot of time working you should enjoy it you should have fun and you should be with people who um you enjoy being in their company so I would say, seek out coaching. Coaching mm-hmm. is, a, is a real critical piece of learning and developing. And the top athletes have coaches, the top, mm-hmm. the top you know, singers have voice coaches, the top business leaders have coaches. It's an important part of your development and, and your future success. Yeah. Such a, such an important uh, su- such an important message, um, you know, and words of wisdom there. 
you know, bring in a coach, involve yourself with a coach, um, you know, be curious, uh, consult with other people, don't be alone. Uh, I mean, coaches have been uh, instrumental in, in making a, a big difference. And you've just outlined that summary right there. I mean, you know, the perception of of coaches are are tremendous you know very positive so well done you on that one so thank you very much maria for being with us today and sharing that that message and and all the experiences that you bring to the table but also how you can impart wisdom to other leaders as well so thank you thank you it was a pleasure wonderful okay folks thank you very much for listening in and stay tuned for our next episode where we hear from an entrepreneur and an ecosystem builder for canadian tech founders stay tuned for this hey i hope you enjoy the podcast don't forget to subscribe to the channel you're now seeing this part of the video also because you consume some of my content insights and teachings Maybe you've been to my LinkedIn page or website or seen other social media ads or listened to my podcast. I'm Stephen Paul, a business and transformational executive coach, strategic advisor, leader and board member. I've been in diverse roles, corporate executive, entrepreneur and worked with businesses and firms of all sizes, built and launched businesses, created high impact boards and so forth in four continents. I get it. I've been there, done that. But what is different is I bring a unique perspective and a playbook. I've helped 100 plus business leaders just like you to scale and align their leadership top teams, the board and overall business for growth. Leaders like Ivana from medium sized company in the EU who grew 150% and expanded globally in under five months. After she started to work with me over facilitated sessions in an initial three days, I helped fine tune their strategy and align their leadership team and board to be a cohesive driving force to achieve their dreams and outcomes. I want to teach you the same thing and more on how to scale and align your leadership team and board so you can increase your business growth and value. Get clarity on what is the next right strategy for you. There are multiple ways we can work with you. Number one, click the link for a free non-obligatory 60-minute initial strategic session. Let's get a feel for your dreams, your vision, your challenges, and let me convert that into a route map for you where we can co-develop and co-pilot. Number two, enroll in an innovative and intuitive digital online course that I have curated, created to help you transform. It's called Unshakable Resilience. It is the ultimate program for individuals and business leaders like you who want to be equipped at a personal and professional level to respond to any form of challenges or in crisis situations and take on opportunities with grit, resilience, and build a mindset of success. In essence, you want to be unshakable thrive in crisis, take on opportunities in the face of adversity, and build a success mindset. So click the link below to learn more on how I can personally help you individually and your firm to scale and align your leadership team and business and pivot in a transformational way. 
and for you to experience this. Whatever the challenge you're facing, get in touch with me. Let's discuss and I will share my insight rapidly to enable your transformation. Click the links below.